Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. Hi everyone, just a note, this episode contains references to mental illness, suicide and self-harm. If you feel you need someone to talk to, whatever you're going through, you can call the Samaritans for free from any phone on 116-123. Hello listeners of The Guilty Feminist, it's Matilda Mallinson and Helena Wadia, co-hosts of MediaStorm, and we're bringing you a bonus episode with two very exciting guests. Last week on MediaStorm, we spoke about portrayals of mental health on TV and film, the do's and don'ts when reporting on mental illness in the news, and why it can feel so good to speak out. That episode is out now, so do go and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. We had such a good conversation with our special guests on the episode, and so we thought we'd bring you just a little bit more. In this bonus episode, we're talking about how to look after your mental health when you work in the news, or even just read the news, and the pros and pitfalls of posting on social media. So here's journalist and podcast producer Camila McInnes. Talk, guys, talk. That's, that's my advice and, and something that's, that's helped me. And author and activist Scarlett Curtis. Still to this day, like writing about my mental health has been one of the best things I've ever done. And this is Mental Health and the Media. So I think it's good to talk about how working in the news or the wider media or Scarlett being so proactive in this area, how does that impact our mental health? What experiences have you both had with the jobs you do and and how do you look after yourselves in that context? I feel like I'm reading bad news every day, but me as a journalist and reporting on it, sometimes it really does take a toll on, on my mental health. Um, you know, we've, we've got a cost of living crisis. We've got an energy crisis. Money's not going as far. Just, just negativity, negativity, negativity. My thing that I like to do, um, is taking a time out. I'm always saying that to people, take a time out. Whether that is that I, I have to have like a, a mental health day to myself, sometimes on the weekend, or sometimes I'm just not able to function and, and I'm unwell. Um, or just, Sometimes I, I take like a, a week of holiday when I haven't used it all up and um, spend a week literally doing nothing, recuperating and just like just having some me time. I think something else that can be really difficult working in the media is the um, insecurity, the instability of it all. You know, working contract to contract, freelance contracts, things like that. That's something that actually pushed me into a, a, a really bad depression, actually, and, and contributed to me having suicidal thoughts and, and acting on it and um it's something that um I've really had to work on just um building up my resilience that's something that I think comes with covering negative stories with having to fight for stories to be commissioned um and things like that and just 
having this kind of like self-belief um and and I've and I've built that up through speaking to my my lovely dear mum through having counselling but most importantly by just speaking um for me personally um and that's something that we don't do enough of um bottling things up to your to ourselves it's 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 unnatural talk guys talk that's that's my advice and, and something that's that's helped me move forward that's such amazing advice I think you know even just hearing a journalist say it's okay to switch off sometimes is like I think so needed for so many people who are feeling that way I think for me like still to this day like writing about my mental health has been one of the best things I've ever done I think I spent so many years living with so much shame and um as soon as I started sharing I you know I was 19 and I had a blog and I started writing about it and people from my life started coming up to me and saying they've been through the same thing people online like it's just there is no better feeling than feeling like you're not alone and feeling like other people have been through what you've been through um but the kind of flip side of that coin is that sharing constantly can be in itself very draining and quite triggering you know because you know I have I'm so lucky that I have people sharing their stories with me but it 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 can be hard and so I definitely in the last few years have have let myself off the hook when I don't feel like sharing you know yesterday was world mental health day which is an amazing day um and lots of people are sharing amazing things but I I share a lot about my mental illness and I, I just didn't feel like doing it yesterday and I didn't feel I had to, you know, and I think it's like you never have to share. You can you can sometimes go a bit quiet and take some time. Yeah. My thing is that I like to say to myself is, do you need to do this or do you want to do this? Yes. I didn't post anything on, on Mental Health Awareness Day yesterday. I just wasn't feeling very, yeah. very great. And I was thinking, oh God, I need to do this. And then I thought, actually... No, you don't need to. I work on my thinking all the time. And I think, actually, no, I, I want to do this. So I'm going to do this. I don't need to do this. And yesterday was one of those days where I didn't need to do it. And now I feel um, much better because I took a time out. I only write about it when I'm feeling good. That's also one of my things. I never share something online while I'm going through it. I always share it after the fact because... A, like I can barely look at my phone when I'm in a bad place, except if I'm like playing Candy Crush. And um, yeah, I definitely can't like share it. So it's always once you're feeling good. I think definitely when reporting, I still take on, like with MediaStorm, we report on these marginalized and ostracized and minority groups. And it's it's quite, I find it quite difficult to not uh, sit down at the end of a day of work and be like oh my god the cost of living crisis the the war in ukraine like trans people getting a horrible rep in the media like this it's all awful what am i going to do about it and i feel so overwhelmed all of the time as a journalist feeling like it's our responsibility to be like changing the world i can totally relate to that what i now have started trying to do is like um solution-based journalism like I remember I did a piece a few years ago and it was about this amazing group and they were like a mental health group and they go around to bridges in Birmingham and put like um uplifting notes um and kind of like just like words of encouragement to deter people from attempting to take their own life 
this is a whole group of people that are doing this, that have got a lived experience with this illness and they're doing it to try and like deter people. We're getting the truth out here and also we're trying to actually help people. And so that's something that I've been trying to do, which is, which has actually helped me in terms of like my reporting. Yeah. This is how I cope. It's <laughs> with how I define solutions because when you start chasing grand sweeping solutions to these massive issues we're seeing, I, specialize in immigration and it's a dark day for immigration then you are gonna feel beaten down beaten down beaten down and it's about kind of identifying for me at least it's about identifying what can I do and then doing what's in my power to do that can I get one story published on this can I get one person with lived experience of displacement on a mainstream broadcast talking about this if I can do that if I can do that then I'm gonna find peace with like the little solutions and count on the butterfly effect because yeah it can really be overwhelming yeah trying to find the solution trying to like and that's not really my job to assess it then I'm trying to like get the truth out there but that's really good advice and I'm going to take that I'm going to take <laughs> that yeah instead of trying to, to save the world. The first time that you two uh, decided to share openly about your mental health, were you scared and how did you get through that? I was completely terrified and I think I'd reached a point where it felt like the only option because I had become so isolated and so cut off from everyone and, and that was because I couldn't share with them what I was going through. You know, I didn't even really tell my brothers. Like, it was just, I, I, I could not. So then I, I realised, like, if you're ever going to have a human being in your life again, like, you're going to have to share this. Um... And I'm still scared, like, you know, there'll be points where I'll talk about something I didn't talk about before in my book. I talked about um, trying to take my own life and that felt like another, like, very scary thing. But what I would say is, like, every time I am shocked by the positivity of the response and the fact that actually even... You always think you're going to get a bit, bit of positive, but you'll probably get a bit of negative. Like, it, so many people go through this and so many people have so much compassion for it. And, um, on the rare occasion that someone has said something crappy or done something bad, I'm just like, well, that's not a person I want in my life. And if anything, this sped up the process of me realizing that. Yeah. When I go through an episode, I, uh, of depression, I shut off my DMs. I stop talking to people. And then I suddenly come back a month later and I have to do my whole sorry tour. Hello, I'm back again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think my, my friends are used to it. They've got tickets to all of my shows. Um, I felt that I was ready to talk more openly about my mental health. It was when I did that um, video for the BBC called Kindness Can Save Lives um, a few years ago. And I felt that I was ready. I was in a place to speak about it openly because I had been on, I first started taking antidepressants when I was 17. I had to um, drop out of college because I was so depressed and I um, lost my passion for, for music and everything that I did and so essentially I'd been living with it for, for years and it had kind of got to a, a, a point in my life where I was quite comfortable with it not that it was like my identity um but that I I've just felt ready I just felt ready I'd 
been in and out of like counseling and things like that. And, and boy, sharing that story opened so many doors. Um, and the, the feedback that I got, I remember I received hundreds of messages from people saying that they, they were so touched by it and that they, that they could relate to it as well. And then that's also how I became the host of like Kindfest because they saw the video and got in contact with me. And now I have all of these lovely, amazing people that I've met through sharing my personal story. They've had such a positive impact on my life. And, and I think that's partly because, because I was brave and, and, and spoke about something and, and have tried to normalize it. And that's exactly what, what you guys are doing as well through doing this, this episode. <laughs> I also think sometimes I'm like so delighted and shocked by like the specificity of the things that I'll relate to with other people. You know, I've started sharing more like very specific things about my mental illness and my, you know, solutions for doing it. And I'm always like, I can, I'm definitely the only person in the world that does this. And then you'll get hundreds of messages being like, I do this too. And, you know, my new thing is, um, often when I am in a very depressed place, I get really scared of flushing the toilet. It's like the noise is just too much. And I talked about that the other day and it's like the grossest smallest thing and I got all these people being like oh my god I have that too and I was like wow that's made me feel so much better about my oh weird thing you've got someone else here I'm scared of flushing the toilet too yes. I thought it was oh just me god. I've discovered that my thing is it's when I'm on planes no the plane ones are horrible <laughs> yeah. there's something do about they need it. to be so loud <laughs> they're like a monster like roaring they come alive. Yeah, yeah I hate them exactly <laughs> well on that mm-hmm. note <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Have you heard the latest episode of The Guilty Feminist live from Canberra with Nikki Britton and Belinda Kendall? And the next episode of Media Storm focuses on anti-Eastern European racism in the UK and that will be out on the 27th of October. Follow us at Media Storm Pod for more.